Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 730 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. Yeah. All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs>but in this, like, he does, like, four different accents throughout the film, including for a hot second British, which Blade originally is. I'm like, was this the first day of shooting? And then they're like, Wesley, just uh, don't do, don't do the, Ameri- the, what, the British accent anymore. I did not know that about, mm-hmm. and you know, I did not look up the character. Uh, I didn't realize he was British. Goes all the way. Well, originally, I think they've Americanized him since, but when he first appeared in... Tales of Vampire or something. Yeah. Tomb of Dracula number 10, Tomb. July 73. Yeah. Tales of Vampire Tomb. Yeah. Dracula owes Moon Knight money. Fucking nerd. <laughs> Fucking nerd. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, uh, I can't wait to talk about this. This this movie is such a specific time. Sure. It, yeah. It, I mean, yeah. I would say this is as much a... This movie is as much a product of the 90s as the first Crow movie is, for better or for worse. Ooh, this so this sits in a really weird sweet spot of trying to be a little the Crow and New Line, because it's a subsidiary of Warner Brothers, must have been getting dailies from The Matrix and being like, uh, more of this. <laughs> so New Line was only the distributor. Actually, this is an interesting production thing. This is actually Marvel's... Marvel Studios, or the earlier iteration of Marvel Studios, Marvel Enterprises, this is their first movie. I know. Isn't it weird? Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like only the distributor. So they're not. So technically, this kind of makes this a DC movie. 
No. <laughs> no. No. D- distribution is not production. Those are two totally different things. I just oh, wanted Lord. to do that. And again, I wish this was a uh, visual uh, medium. Visual medium. You were you vis- no. Yes. <laughs> no. No. Much like, no. you know, Chris, uh, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Uh, which, of course, it is not. Hey, Casey. Uh, our chat today says different, sir. No. No. Advent is not Christmas. Advent is Advent. Christmas is Christmas. Leading up to... Uh, leading up to... What does it lead up to? My leading sidewalk up. My sidewalk leads up, to, leads up to my house. It doesn't mean my sidewalk is my house. Oh, my God. You fucking nerd. All yeah. right. Hey, Todd. <laughs> we're here to talk about Blade. That's right. Um, oh, man. I but, sent this to you last night, but I need to put it here before we get into what we're drinking. This movie, <laughs> Drag. It's a two-hour movie. And, yep. And it feels like a four-hour movie. At one point, I paused it when there's a huge revelation, and I'm like, oh, we got to be in close to the end. Fuck, we got 50 minutes yeah. left? I know exactly oh. what you're talking about. I know exactly I like, what okay, you're talking about. Okay, we're winding down. We got like 20 minutes left of this thing. Motherfucker. And then I know, uh, spoiler for the end, it is not something I would cut. It is pick up the fucking pace. <laughs> God, Yo, these scenes that, go on forever. That's fair. Well, okay, let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves, yeah. Casey. We're not so, barbarians. We've got some structure here. I guess I don't want to get to the beer because we're somehow repeating a beer. But so, uh, uh, since uh, since we are guys with beers talking about movies with capes, what are we drinking? So I realize, and and truly, it was about thirty seconds before we hit the record button. So this does not mm-hmm. exist in a method in a, uh, anywhere we can share, but. I had this sneaking suspicion as I was one of my last things to do today was looking up the beer info. And we're drinking a beer from Left Hand Brewing Company out of Colorado. Um, this mm-hmm. is a this is a brewer that I've drank their beer off episodes. I, we've drank it in episode. <laughs> and you know, I'm looking at the beer going, boy, is there it seems awfully familiar. There's no chance. Yep, sure enough. This is our first ever beer repeat. Uh, to be fair, I, it was like three yeah. seasons ago. Oh, it's epi- it's season one, episode fifteen, oh, the Amazing okay. Spider-Man number two. Did we got through both Amazing Spider-Mans in season one? Yeah, we must, yeah we we pulled them really quickly to almost not back to back, but they were pretty close. That so, is a crying shame. Uh, I know. So uh, I'm embarrassed, but hey, this was the organic pick from our mm-hmm. dear friends at Branching Out Bottle Shop. Uh, I was over there the other day. Surprisingly, did not find any beers themed around vampires. Now That is what I was just about to say. I was about to say, and you also had a really hard time finding something that fit the vampire theme. Yeah, surprisingly, um, no vampire beers. Lots of and this Hall- is October thirteenth that we are fi- that sure. we are filming. We're filming this apparently. Lights, camera, action. Um, <laughs> That's right. That we are recording this, so it's just like this should be the prime time for vampires, blood, something. So, uh, you know, we if this was a magic user, there's you know, warlock is a is a very popular pump, pumpkin imperial ale that comes out this time of year. Um, lots of beers around zombies. But nothing for vampires. So uh, I weirdly there's a zombie in this film. Okay, we'll get to him. Okay, I think I know who you're talking about. I don't think he's a zombie, but we'll 
zombie adjacent dead sure i mean he certainly woke up dead uh which is <laughs> the left hand brewing company out of longmont colorado I'm not repeating it because we go back and listen to 15. I'll give it to you there. But we are drinking their Imperial Stout, Wake Up Dead, which if you're bitten by a vampire and you don't die, you're going to wake up dead. Yes, go back to listen to episode 15 and see how much better we've got our shit together now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So uh, good thing that we're recording this remotely. We're both in the safety of our own homes. These are 12-ounce bottles, but... (laughs) The beer is 10.2% alcohol by volume. So this is well, going to be an imperial. Yeah. Yep. So this is a sipping beer for this. Yes, sir. Because we don't want to get another iTunes thing saying we're just a couple of idiots getting drunk and talking about movies. We're not just that. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes we're that. Sometimes we're the All important right. thing, we have never been drunk at the same time in the That's same true. episode. That's true. One of us holds it together. <laughs> One of us goes, focus. Focus. All right. Uh, well, ooh, it's a, okay. All right, buddy. Cheers. Cheers. Yep. I remember this beer. Exactly. <laughs> I fucking love this beer. I yeah. forgot. <laughs> and I'm very excited. I have another bottle. You got another bottle. Ooh, Not for cow. tonight. Because, kids, it's a school night. That's right. Uh, But, uh, you know, any confusion or mix-up with the beer choices is entirely my own fault. Not the fault of our friends at Branching Out Bottle Shop. Head over there. Oh, yeah, I want to be clear. I'm not going after them. Yeah. Yeah, no, go after me. Go after me. Uh, Township (laughs) 5 in the greater Syracuse, New York area. You will not find a better selection of beer anywhere. I wasn't going after you either, man. I was just saying. <laughs> no, that's all right. No worries. And okay. again, this was four years ago. That No, five years ago that we pulled that. Yeah. That we had yeah. that beer. Sure we've, was. we've drank a couple beers since then. We have. Almost we have. almost 100 just for the podcast. That's true. So yeah, making yeah. it almost 100 before repeating a beer. That's not bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad at all. Yeah. We'll go for it. Oh, buddy. This movie. Yeah. So so we got no reshoots, no reactions. Nope. So let's talk I about got the production some notes stuff. Though. Yeah. So you want um, me to do almost cast and then you can do your part? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh there were three people up for Deacon Frost. Okay. Originally Jet Lee. Okay. Uh, and oh, he, interesting. He turned it down for uh don't look lethal. don't look on the no I'm no I'm yep. not no Lethal Weapon 4? That is exactly right. Came out the same year. The same year? No way. Yeah, 1998, man. Wow. Which is why when they're like, yeah, we're going to make another Lethal Weapon, I'm like, why? For multiple huh. reasons, why? <laughs> oh, yeah. 98, Chet Lee makes his international film, de- film debut, Lethal Weapon 4. And the only fun part about that is that uh, Richard Donner had to tell Chet Lee to slow down because the camera yes. did not pick up his movements. <laughs> yes, I'm aware of that. Yeah, because he was used to, uh, what is his country of origin? China. Is he Chinese? Okay. Yes. I, could, I, I didn't want to say the wrong one, but, yeah, yeah. No, but anyway, Chinese. most Asian martial arts films, it's not about seeing all the movements. It's just fast-paced awesomeness. Like, And obviously Richard Donner wanted, well, we'd like to see you kick the shit out of these stuntmen. Yeah. <laughs> 
Right. Uh, uh, Skeet Ulrich. Hey, kids. Remember Skeet Ulrich? Do you remember Scream? Yeah. <laughs> Which one? Oh, spoilers. Uh, uh, lobbied hard it, for Deacon Frost. Which, interesting. Uh, interesting. Um, uh, crossover with Scream. There. We'll wait. We'll we'll wait till we get to it. There's a Scream character, a Scream act, actor in this movie. Oh, did I did I did I surprise you? It happens so rarely. All right. Okay. Well, you're thinking of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? <laughs> no, nope. because we got one in that. Boy, are we just slowly making this a Scream podcast? Yeah. No. No, we're not. No, we're not doing that. Uh, and Bruce Payne. I don't... I forgot to look up Bruce Payne. Bruce Did not ring a bell with me. Was also up for Deacon Frost. For Deacon Frost? Yeah. So they were going for, you know, younger, oh. obviously. Okay. Um, he... Yes. So he was the bad guy in Passenger 57 with Wesley Snipes. I wonder if that was a connection. Uh, you. What was his re- name in Passenger Fifty Seven? Something pain is not insane. Charles Rain is not. Charles insane. Rain is not insane. Yeah, well, he would have been a good deacon. Yeah, yeah. Older. He's he's he. I um, I believe he's older. Maybe at the time he would have been contemporary. Well, and Brad Brad Dourif is. No, not Brad Dourif. Uh, uh, Stephen Dorf. Stephen Dorf. Brad Dourif yeah. is Chucky. Uh, Stephen Dorf is like a baby in this movie yeah yeah he's got to be in his late 20s in this movie if even that uh uh, but you're right it was when he you know he had a moment in hollywood where he he was kind of like the it actor and uh well and then he the shit all over this movie and every other big budget movie he did and everyone's like all right you can go in now so he's born in 73 so in 98 he's 25 yeah okay yeah uh for Whistler. Yep. Before uh, the wonderful Chris Christopherson took time away from singing duets with Barbara Streisand. That's uh, awesome. Uh, Patrick? And a, an accomplished songwriter. Uh, sure. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever, uh, are, Patrick. Oh, go, oh, go for it. Sorry. No, go no, I'm sorry. I was, I was starting. I was uh, gushing. You were going to gush about. Uh, he, he's cool. Yeah, I like him. He's a cool dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Patrick McGowan. Patrick McGowan. I know that name. Why? He is from Braveheart. He is the King of England. Oh. Edward Longshanks. Oh. Hmm. Ooh, he's, he's a... Oh, I don't like him because he's so good in <laughs> Braveheart. <laughs> and what was the... Was he in The Client or The Juror? Ooh. One of those two, the or the client, or he was the judge in A Time to Kill, wasn't he? A Time to Kill, that's the one he's yeah. in. Yeah, God, that, I I still say to this day that movie, even five years after it was made, would never have been able to be made with that cast because all of their salaries would have been so incredibly expensive because they got them in the beginning of most of their careers. Uh, but he, that is not popping up on his IMDb. He so was also the. Patrick Ragoon was the oh, prisoner. Oh, it's time to kill. There it is. Sorry, it is. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, Judge Omar Noose. That's right. Got it. Yeah, and he was also uh, the prisoner 
Yep. Guy stuck on an island and chased by oh. a smoke bubble monster that roars. It's so weird. It was on PBS. I'm like, it's weird shit. I don't know. What's yeah, going I think on. it was a. I think it was a BB. Wasn't it a BBC show? Yeah, because most of the P- PBS stuff ended up on BBC. Uh, most of the BBC stuff ended up on PBS. Yep. Monty Python. Still don't know how they got away with that because they were swearing and boobs. Um, but <laughs> it's art, so I guess you can get away with it. That's and right. lastly, for our titular character. Yes. Originally considered before Mr. Snipes. Tell me it's Bill mis- Cosby. Tell me it's no. Bill Cosby. Oh. oh, God. And you take the you take vampire and you stab him with the stake and the the uh, <laughs> drinking the blood of uh, Karen scene would have come off very different. Yeah, right. Usually um, I just spike the jello and then they... <laughs> I give them the Spanish fly. <laughs> We're slowly devolving into yeah. Harry Carey. <laughs> you know who the mood is Everybody. made of cheese. <laughs> but if it was made of chicken wings, would you eat them? <laughs> That's... I, uh, I, I so, can only I can only do Will Ferrell as Harry Carey. That's so, what I'm doing. That's literally yeah. a lot because my that's uh, the Jeff Goldblum episode, and you uh, see Jeff Goldblum look off at Lauren Michaels and just be like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he's these aren't on the cards in front of me right now." Yeah. Um, so for Blade, originally it was uh, my head is a shark's fin. One Mister LL Cool J. Oh. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Listen, let's set aside how crazy Wesley Snipes becomes after this. Um, He goes to prison. He pays the price. He -hmm. does the time. This movie is the height of his fame. In fact, I I grabbed that. uh, Where was it? One moment. Yeah, uh, I had that as another note. Oh, didn't I? I thought I grabbed it. Okay, yes. So, um, at this point in his career, Wesley Snipes has done New Jack City, Jungle Fever, White Men Can't Jump, Rising Sun, Demolition <laughs> oh, Man with Jesus the Three Shells. Like, this movie really was huge. And, you know, spoiler, he delivers. Again, forget everything that's going to come late. I forget everything that's going to come later in this in the series. I, I sure am, but there, he, like I said before, or will be cut because it's before I say, "Oh, hello." Yeah, Wesley Snipes plays Blade four different ways in this film. There's one time very early in the film, I still chuckle in a great way at, and <laughs> I will point out when it happens where he it's it's almost like it's almost Lee Pace in Guardians of the Galaxies. What are you doing? The dance fight, yeah. Uh, it, it is just Wesley Snipes asking a question very, very angrily. When he gets shot. <laughs> Motherfucker, you out of your damn mind? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but think about it. So this this is the, and again, this is production stuff. So um, Marvel Enterprises is formed. This is around the time that Marvel goes bankrupt. Um mm. Uh, uh, what was his name? The uh, the Stanley. Toy. How dare no, you? No, not him. Uh, he not hasn't him. even been dead five years, and you've yeah. already forgotten his. Already name. forgotten him. No, um, the toy guy. What's his name? I'm not thinking of Ronald Perelman, right? Um, Ronald Perelman 
Are you well, P-E-R-E-L-M-A-N? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't uh, think Ron, Ron Perlman had anything to do with toys. Yeah. Uh, Bill Stein. There's another name. I. Well, it, so, you know, Marvel Comics, it, much, much too long of a history for us to go into here, but um, as a business, uh-huh. has had ups and downs. Um, Marvel Enterprises gets formed... Um, in 98, early uh, June of 98, uh, when Toy Biz and Marvel Entertainment Group merge into Marvel Enterprises coming out of bankruptcy. Um, now, Marvel Studios is one of the four major units in Marvel Enterprises, along with Toy Biz, licensing and, uh, licensing and publishing. So th- the successor of all of these various kind of corporate entities will become the Marvel Studios that is bought and owned by Marvel, then, you know, Disney today. So this truly is, you know, forget about the movies that are made by other companies. Like, this is a Marvel Studios movie. It's 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 kind of crazy. But the fact Did that Feige they got... have any hand in this? Ooh, no, I because at this time he was uh, Lauren Schuler Donner's assistant because he was her assistant on x-men yep yep so um but this is the equivalent of real uh, i mean you know george wesley snipes is a box office megastar at this point this is the equivalent of brad pitt you know gonna be superman right or that's not fair brad pitt going to be an obscure character from the you know the the uh, who's the, the black night green owl. lantern? Yeah, 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 Wait yeah. Some... Hang on, the black Brad green Pitt lantern is John Stewart. Oh wait, right, right. Because I'm the, yeah, sorry, Kyle Rayner. I, how about yep. let's make him Kyle Rayner. Let's make him him the I wasn't least problematic. Thinking, I wasn't <laughs> thinking. Uh, yeah, I was. I was thinking your more mouth in terms moved of, before your brain could go. No, yeah. I was like, well, no. Superman is much more iconic than Blade was, but but it's the equivalent of you know sure. one of the biggest movie stars stepping into a a minor comic character. And, you know, we, we talk about how like X-Men and Spider-Man, everyone's like, Oh, those are the ones that jumpstarted. This literally jumpstarted it. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, did you see the note? What initially Wesley Snipes um, meeting was about? No. With Marvel studios. Mm -mm. Um, Little, little uh, property called black Panther. Oh, really? And this, and uh, if you look at your calendar, dear listeners, Wakanda Forever uh, just came out, or is coming out next week. Weirdly, are, weird we th- thing are we that, that close just, to it? Oh, I can't yeah, wait. November eleventh. Cannot wait. Hang on, let me let me yeah. double check my math because <laughs> you know how good I am at math, Todd. Oh, yes, I, I'm aware. One hundred percent. That's awesome. Blade drops November 11th. So what a what a fun little weird thing when I was doing the the research. And I was like, huh. So he That's almost wild. was T'Challa. Yeah. Ended up being Blade. And this comes out, sadly, the first however many minutes of Black Panther Wakanda Forever is going to be about um, T'Challa's death. Oh, well. And then we're going to have a time jump. I'm so glad. I, I'm so glad they didn't recast. So uh, I have avoided oh, any of the same. marketing stuff. Um, so I can't wait to I, see the movie because I don't know 
how they're handling it. And I don't know who the Black Panther is. I know that there was some potential spoilers, but I've avoided them. I've avoided, so, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. What else is in there? Um, the money. The money, yeah. Well, let's, yeah, yeah. So back up. Um, written by oh, okay. David Goyer, a man oh, whose okay. name has come up a bazillion times on this podcast. You know, one of the, you know, not the architect, but certainly one of the builders of, you know, the modern the superhero movies. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, you know. Right. He wrote Man of Steel, didn't he? He wrote David Man of He's written. Yeah. Let's. Uh, yeah. So uh, starting. So he starts with, <laughs> in terms of the, the superhero genre, the Crow City of Angels. I'm not holding that against him. Then Blade. Blade 2. Blade Trinity. Batman Begins. Um, right. The Dark Knight. He writes the story, mm-hmm. not screenplay. Ghost Rider. Spirit of Vengeance. Not going to hold that against oh. him. Dark Knight Rises, Man of Steel, BVS. I'm going to hold Dark Knight Rises against him. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, again. Yeah. Because after that, it it goes over to Terrio. Chris Terrio wrote uh, Justice League. Justice League. With with Zach, yeah. With Zach. Yeah, Um, I mean, David's desk lawyer is everywhere on this. And he goes on to direct Blade Trinity, if I remember correctly. Oh, interesting. Interesting. That is his directorial debut, and, uh, well, we'll save all the abuse and uh, fuckery that uh, Wesley (laughs) Snipes decided to do on that film. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about that one. Um, Now, this is directed by Stephen Norrington. He's a (laughs) special effects artist. He's also a director. He Yeah. You know what he directed, Todd? I do. The League of Extraordinary Extraordinary Gentlemen. Gentlemen. I saw that. I was like... And I believe, I think I, I ditched about it in that. The pacing of, it's oh. like someone told him he needs to pick up the pace in his next project. And he's just like, make it really fast and not make sense. Got it. Here's the League of Extraordinary <laughs> Gentlemen. Somewhere in between the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and Blade is a good paced movie. And Stephen Norrington doesn't understand that. And it doesn't matter because the last thing he directed was the League of Extraordinary, Extraordinary Gentlemen. Gentlemen, and he's uh, he's done, and I'm okay. He's retired, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so you talked about the money. Uh, this movie has a budget of forty five million dollars. Nineteen ninety eight, forty five million dollars does a total mm-hmm. of two hundred. I'm sorry, one hundred and thirty one million at the box office worldwide. <sighs> That's a success. Translating ninety eight dollars to twenty twenty two, it's a factor of one point eight two. So that $45 million budget becomes an $82 million budget. Again, one of the biggest movie stars of the time. And that 131 at the box office becomes 238. So it's a commercial success, launches a franchise, and I would argue, you know, is certainly a a stake in the ground for the modern superhero movie. 100%. But here's the real question. Yes, yes. Did we both like it? And to answer that, we should roll that. Well, God damn it. I had the most perfect (laughs) segue into it. You're going to fuck it up. What what else do we have to say? Well, the IMDb Uh, rating. We can put that at the end. Fuck it. Roll the film. I'd like to point out that I get off easy because the first and last uh, paragraph of this thing is super fucking short. (laughs) It sure is. I was like, ooh, this worked out well for Casey. Yeah. <laughs> in 1967, a pregnant woman is attacked by a vampire. Well, 
we don't actually see an attack. Right, that's we don't. Okay. Yep, it's the aftermath. And that's important that we don't because, well. Reasons. Later in the film. Yeah. Causing her to go into premature labor. Doctors are na- uh, <laughs> doctors are able to save the baby. Doctors are able movie. to save the baby and movie. Casey. But the woman dies of an unknown infection. So I love this opening scene. It's less than two minutes long. It's not the attack by the vampire. It's the aftermath as this um, young black woman is being brought into a late 60s era metropolitan hospital. It's 67 or, or 68, right? It's, 67. It, it's yeah. a 67, so it's 31 years later? Okay. Yeah. It's a wonderful bit. It's so short. It's succinct. There's not any direct dialogue. It's more like you're overhearing stuff. Mm-hmm. But what a great job it does of setting the tone. And boy, this is squarely in the dark horror spaces of a Marvel comics book comic books universe, which is perfect for the character. I love the way this starts out. It it does such a great job of showing instead of telling in terms of like the, the tone of the movie we're going to get. Yeah. A hundred percent. I would like to point out Mm -hmm. before we continue that sometimes when a movie studio doesn't think that the movie is going to do well, but they still are going to release it instead of, Collecting a billion dollars for it never to happen. So the opposite of Batgirl? Still mad. We'll always be mad. (laughs) They will give it just generic, you know, the credits that we see at the beginning of this movie. Like, even Blade was just Helvetica. Like, it was was such a 90s font that we all used. It's like, (laughs) oh, boy. New Line just did not think this thing was going to go anywhere. I think that's more a question of... um, I do think that's kind of the tone... They're going for this is the setting is kind of a but at least blade should the word blade should have been in the font that's on the fucking poster. (laughs) Like so I'm looking at that right now. If you had seen like a young Robert De Niro, the 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 feel of this movie reminds me of like Scorsese's Mean Streets. It's an urban decay, it's gritty, it's grimy. I think that that the graphics there make perfect sense. It's stripped down, it's not fancy, it's the opposite of that. So Stephen Norrington, I forgot to mention, said at the uh, beginning that he wanted to do an ode to Sam Peckinpah. Oh, sure. Which I I get. This has a very Peckinpah feel to it. So usually it's left up to the studio, whoever is distributing the film, because when they saw this, it might have had music underneath it, but it was probably just all these city shots. Or maybe these were the marker... Uh, that's what it is. You get marker titles, and then mm-hmm. if the studio wants to, that's distributing, they will give it better a better title sequence or a better font. Or they'll just go, go with what you have. So, first of all, again, it's an $82 million movie. You've got one of the yep. biggest movie stars of the time in it. I think this is a style choice. I don't think this is, how do we get this out without, you know, bleeding any more money? Well, they, uh, we'll save Okay. My feelings about the next two movies for when we get to them. All right. Uh, now the plot jumps. It says thirty years later. You know, Blade comes out in. Oh no no no! <laughs> it does not. It says now. Now your favorite, right? It's, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, so based on the production timing, we'll say about thirty years later. We're, we're going to jump ahead. There's a couple things right at the very beginning here. So in a role that rivals Selma Hayek for the vampire that makes you go, well, maybe I'd let her bite me. 
the amazing Tracy Lord. I'm unfamiliar. What other movies has she been in? Yep. Uh, she was in Crybaby with Johnny Depp. <laughs> oh, was she really? She was. John Waters, yeah. Wow. Well, that well, that makes sense with yeah. John Waters. Uh, so if you recognize that name, good for you. If not, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and if you want to pretend because you're around <laughs> people that would judge you, we don't judge you. We We're not you. here to yuck your yum. That's a that's a good way of putting it. Did you recognize the actor, the soon-to-be... Um, oh, I'm bringing back an old award. He gets the Poor Bastard Award. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he just wants to get fucked. That's all. And he does... In a very different way. He does. I, I mean, it works out okay for him. I mean, you know, I'm sure he's going to be in a lot of therapy. Except for the extre- yeah, the large amounts of yeah. psychotherapy yeah, yeah. he's going to have to have. Because there's no evidence that there were. So he's like, yeah. there were fucking vampires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, okay. Okay, Todd. Yeah. I'm just going to assume his oh, name's Todd. Of course. Son of a bitch. Sorry. No offense to the Todd that I'm talking to right now, but it is canon on this podcast that Todd's... Todd's the name of a douche. Yep. yep, and this guy's kind of kind of a douche. Yep. Uh, now the actor's name is Kenny Johnson. Um, he's from. Uh, if you watch The Shield, he was one of the yep. main characters in that. He came back. Um, uh, what's his name? Kurt Sutter, who did who wrote The Shield and then created Sons of Anarchy, brought him back mm-hmm, later mm-hmm. in Sons of Anarchy. He's a little bit of a that guy actor. Um, but I, I saw it. I was like, "Is that him?" And sure enough, it, it it is. So, Kenny Johnson. Did you recognize the bouncer at the at the front of the club? No. Should I? It is Tracy Lord's boyfriend at the time. He was literally on set. He's a big Hulkin dude, and they're like, "Hey, you want to play a bouncer?" No way. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, that's why. And they get to speak Slovakian. Yeah, ancient to each other. Ancient Slavic. Yeah. Hey. 30 years later, the child has become the vampire hunter Blade, who is a human-vampire hybrid that possesses the supernatural abilities of the vampires without any of their weaknesses, except for the requirement to consume human blood. Now, Blade raids a rave club owned by the vampire Deacon Frost, played by Stephen Dorff. I would say this is, today, one of the iconic vampire scenes. And as a scene, it's an A+. It's also the first fight for Blade. This first fight might be one of the best first fight we've seen in a movie. The rewatch, I was just so amazed with what we got. It's a great first fight, for sure. For sure. It f- knows how to he is, uh, perform action. He's a martial artist. Yep, he's got a background in yeah, karate. Okay. His gear is really cool. Um, the fighting is excellent. Him drawing the line on the floor with his sword. With the most impractical sword of all time. The <laughs> It has no guard. It's like a ninja. It has no, um, uh, no, yeah, g- guard would be the, yeah. It's horribly impractical. Well, doesn't seem to, doesn't seem to cause him any problems. <laughs> yeah. But good Lord. The effects when the vampires die really hold up. Oh, oh, hard fucking disagree. Mm. They look, all the CG in this movie <gasps> is peak 90 shitty CG. L- l- the only CG I don't like is the end fight with Frost when he which is a reshoot becomes which we'll the blood get to. god yeah yeah uh, but even what we get I, d- I don't love that but um yeah. the the effects of when they die oh I thought it was really good no what 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 the best effect in this entire movie is pearl cuz yeah. practical was still was still king like sure. you are perfectly and that thing weighed 8 
hundred pounds. Oh, that you know, I had forgotten about Pearl until we got to it, and I was like, oh, Pearl is the only thing I remembered, but I thought Pearl was in Blade Two. Is there a great person in Blade Two? I do not remember, but I'm on. So Eric Edwards is the uh, actor who plays Pearl. What are you about a size one hundred? <laughs> oh, 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 he does not have a credit for Blade Two. So if Pearl returns, it's not him. Now rewatching Blade, I haven't watched it probably since '99. But in my memory, Blade and Blade Trinity are much better. I don't like Blade Two. Uh, I I know that I've seen it, but I'll be honest with you, it's been that long. I don't remember it. It's just I if I remember correctly, it's super convoluted, and really? you're just like, the fuck? It's Guillermo del Toro. Oh, right, 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 right. It's a very Guillermo del Toro movie. You're just like, uh-huh, okay, yeah. Some of this doesn't need to be in the movie. <laughs> question. Yes. <clears throat> pedantic question. Oh, <laughs> your favorite. <laughs> if they have all this blood for the bloodbath, why do they need a human sacrifice? None of those vampires are drinking that blood. There's letting it spray all of them like, wee. I'm like, uh, drink the blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great foreshadowing of the body bags going by. Yeah. When they're yeah. walking through the meat locker. That's really cool. I was like, oh, that's the blood that just okay. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Obviously it's not blood, but Todd, have you ever touched theatrical blood? No. It's really fucking sticky. All those people just like Leaving set. Oh, it's oh just, no. Uh, really? uh, it's because it's corn syrup. Corn syrup is <laughs> the main ingredient. Especially, well, probably with that, since it has to spray, it's probably more of a, uh, like a baby oil. Sure, sure, sure. But it's still going to have a sticky compound to it. So, like, it's still gross. It, it's all over your body. You're just fucking covered head to toe. <laughs> Listen, you know, you got to suffer to make good art, but that scene is top-notch. I mean, but you didn't seem to be enthusiastic as I was, so I'm curious of your thoughts around that. The fight's great. My problem is the blood. I'm like, well, well, why do we need to kill this one fucking guy if you've got enough blood to just pour from the ceiling? Okay. Wesley Snipes' entrance, fucking great. The problem is the producer, I can't remember what the, who it was, said to Stephen Norrington, that Blade needs to have a lot of hero shots. And it fucking shows. He took that, like, almost every time Blade enters a scene, it is a goddamn hero shot. I'm like, nope, we've established this. Hero shots are usually for establishing or a return. He never goes anywhere. He's just in the movie. So I think I know what that is, but let me ask the question. What is a hero shot, specifically? Uh, So... Every time Wesley Snipes enters the movie, that's a hero shot. But to give a better <laughs> definition of it, it is usually a sweeping up, up, down to up shot, probably full profile, medium length away from the actor, and it's you sometimes a side profile. The most hero shot in the movie is the last shot of Blade. Got it. Got it, it makes no sense that he's sideways. I'm like, what are you, what are we doing? <laughs> Got it, got it. Okay. So, so like, by the time we got to that last one in Moscow, I was just like, oh, God, enough with the fucking hero shots. Just take out the vampire and move on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, Blade triumphs. <laughs> We've got a little interaction with Quinn. I'm getting a little tired of chopping my work. One second, Brandon. One second, Brandon. 
Dodo might try to fire. The famous Donald Logue, who we actually talked about last last time. Uh, last yep. Oh, we were talking about this. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Donald yep. Logue is he's he's wonderful in this film. He was only supposed to be yeah. in that first scene, that scene, and, and maybe his resurrection, and then done. Uh-huh. And he was so good that they kept him in, and he got to ad lib a lot of his uh, stuff. He's he's really good. He's really Every funny. time he's on scene, he's worth watching. Yeah, yeah and he's fun. Uh, spoiler: He may be the actor having the most fun for me. Okay, put a pin in that. Now, um, police take one of the vampires to the hospital. Yeah, wait, that hang is on. the aforementioned yeah, twin. One of the vampires, like a main vampire throughout the rest of the film. Wikipedia, yeah. get yep. your shit together. Police take take Quinn. Uh, a vampire to the hospital where he kills Dr. Curtis Webb oh. and feeds on hematologist Karen Jensen and escapes. Poor Dr. Curtis Webb just wants to talk to his ex-girlfriend. I thought you promised to give me some distance. <laughs> I just want you to come down and take a look. Ends up getting <laughs> murdered. But like I love when they're when he's like, come down and look at the thing. She goes, I don't want to hear a word about so he goes to make the Y incision. He's like, you ever have second thoughts about us? And I wanted to be like, I'm out. You, I, there's the yeah, one thing I told you not to do. <laughs> this sequence as well. Uh, I love the sequence as well. So um, what's happened is Quinn has been set on fire by Blade. <laughs> the cops show up before Blade can ensure that Quinn is destroyed. Quinn is one of those vampires that somehow, and th- this is a lot of the vampire lore in this movie is real like glazed over Squishy. to be like I don't even like Quinn. It says that Blade has killed Quinn a bunch of times when he's got him hanging there. And he's like, I think I'll chop your fucking head off this time. And I'm like, yeah, yep. Have you tried stabbing him through the heart? The OG way to kill a vampire. Well, so Quinn as a charcoal briquette has been brought to the hospital uh, where he pops up, kills Webb, drinks his blood. I believe you wanted to say a charcoal quincat. Oh. That's a... Well done, sir. Well done. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. Dad jokes. Yeah. It's my bread and butter. That's right. <laughs> be here all night. Tip your waiter. This movie's great. So he pops up, uh, kills Webb, attacks Karen Jensen, bites her, um, but is driven off as Blade shows up to finish Quinn off. Quinn rabbits. So when Blade is at the end of the hallway, the way he's three-quarter profile, yes. hero shot. Got it. Okay. Okay. It's obnoxious. Yeah. Uh, Blade takes Karen to a safe house where she's treated by his old friend, Abraham Whistler. So love Chris Christopherson. Love his uh, characterization of Whistler. Love the lair. You know, it's an urban, mm-hmm. above-ground bat, le- bat cave. So he's subletting from Darkman. Yeah, right? that's right. Darkman's actually like three warehouse buildings over. <laughs> they right. just, they don't acknowledge he, each other. Yeah, he's like, oh, no, no, no. Darkman used to be here, but he moved. He, yeah, he's moved. Yeah, because he can't go out in the sun at all. That's right. I can, so he's got to be more secluded. That's right. Um, but, hey, Todd. Hey, Casey. Well, before you get into your love of uh, Chris Christopherson, yes, I yes. have a feeling that's your note here. <laughs> Do you know what the Whistler and Harley Quinn have in common? I'm going to say that they were both characters who showed up in the comics after they were portrayed on screen. No. Close. So, so close. So close. They are characters that originated as cartoon characters. Ah. Wh- Whistler first appeared when Blade showed up on Spider-Man the Animated Series. No kidding. 
like th- three years before this movie. Wow. Like during the Morbius run on uh, the Spider-Man animated series. Which, spoiler for the end. Well, not this end, ah. but an alternate <laughs> end. Yeah. An, an end. An end. Yeah. It'll be Morbin time. Oh, how fucking dare you. You know, this layer would perfectly work for Robert Pattinson's The Batman. I mean, it's not far off from what he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's like a garage. It's like it's like a greaser garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Whist- Whistler is is pretty much a grease monkey. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Blade drives a souped-up Dodge Charger. <laughs> pretty badass. For all you car nerds out there, it is a 1968 Dodge Charger. Ooh, how do you uh, get that one? Todd, I like cars. Oh, that's right. I forgot you and you used to sell them. That's right. I forgot. About it. I always, I, I, I never told the 1968 well, Dodge Charger. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, my dad and I go to the Nationals every year. Oh, so. that's right. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Now, Whistler explains that he and Blade have been waging a secret war against vampires using weapons based on their mm. elemental weaknesses, such as sunlight, silver, and garlic. As Karen is now marked by. The bite of a vampire. Both he and Blade tell her to leave the city. But not before injecting her with... The allium sediment. Garlic. And I say, bull motherfucking shit. If you want to make it some sort of serum, make it one part garlic, two parts holy water with silver nitrate in there. Put them all in there to make it something. Not well, just like, let's just shoot you with some uh, garlic. You're going to smell for a couple days now. He said crosses don't do dick. Remember? Right, because both Goyer and Norrington were like, "What if the vampire is Jewish?" <laughs> like that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. Um, did you ever see Dracula Two Thousand? I think I started to watch it, and I want to think that my initial reaction was, "This seems dumb," and I think I turned. Oh, it, it off. is. However, yeah. okay, so I was right. Much like Rise of the Machines, uh-huh. the ending is the twist is the thing that gets it. Do you know why Dracula? doesn't like crosses no because dracula is judas iscariot oh that's a good one i went well fuck wait a minute hang on where was this the rest of the movie this is a really like they work backwards from that like someone in the writer's room wrote dracula equals judas iscariot and they all went we got a movie (laughs) because the rest of the movie's dick but that sticks with me and the fact that the pop singer vitamin c do you remember her? I remember that that was a... I, I couldn't pick her out of a lineup, but uh, I remember that that was a... I could pick her... a singer. I could pick her boobs out of a lineup because there's the <laughs> obligatory late 90s, early 2000s boob shot for no reason. I was like, this feels very unnecessary. Wait, is she in the movie? Yeah. Vitamin C, is she... She's like the Mina Harkin. She's like the Mina of it. Oh, Dracula 2000. I'm sorry. I thought you meant Blade. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, 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 no. Sorry. The, the, I was still talking about Dracula 2000. I, I do love those inventive twists. There's a... Did you see He Never Died starring uh, Henry Rollins? No. It's really good. It's... it's that I'm not going to say anything other than watch it. It's a, it's a character study. And it's done really well. And Henry Rollins is fucking amazing. I just remembered something, and I want to see if I'm right about it. Because it kind of links us back to Blade. Okay. No. For some reason, I thought Dracula was um, from Blade 2, who plays the vampire in Blade 2. No, what the fuck is his name? 
He was on Legends of Tomorrow. Gerard Butler is Dracula in Dracula 2000? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, but in... Man, he's not even listed in, like, the beginning. Or is he in Blade Trinity? In one of them, it's the guy from Prison Break. I know who you're talking about. The the lead in Prison Break? Yeah, the brother that's in jail, not the one that breaks in with a tattoo on his body. Because... That's not going to work because your strip search when you go to prison, they're going to take off your shirt and go, man, it looks like a schematic of this prison. Well, we're going to transfer you to another one and show. (laughs) Sorry. I've taken us way far afield. Please, let's get back to the plot. Okay. Well, that uh, takes us to the next section, which I think you own. No, me. You. Oh, I got some stuff to say here. Okay. Uh, That actually has to do with this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Uh, at a meeting of the Council of P- Pure Blood Vampire Elders, Frost, the leader of a faction of younger vampires, is rebuked f- for trying to incite a war between vampires and humans. So this is the wonderful, you may not know his name, but you know his face, uh, the mm-hmm. wonderful Udo Kier. He is, this is his third time playing a vampire. He is so creepy. So yep. creepy. Hence his third time. Yeah, a exactly. <laughs> He's got BVE. He's got big vampire energy. Yeah, yeah. We talked about a couple actors who have played like Nixon on film, and you're like, that guy, give <clears throat> me that guy that looks like Nixon. Like they yeah. You know, that's a that's a career for an actor. Um or the the general from Days of Future Past. I'm like, that guy's never Getting a love interest. He's <laughs> always gonna be the bad guy. Yep, exactly. So Udo Kier is is one of these vampire elders and there's this very kind of um harry potterish pure blood versus uh halfling or what he calls him he calls frost something so frost was born human you're not a pure blood he calls him he's not he a pure d- he doesn't blood. say what he is he, you were turned no. you were turned i think that's right he says you were yeah turned. you're thinking they were going to call him a mud blood but that's that right yep um but the by this point harry potter was Books, so they're probably like, well, we can't. <laughs> Udo Kier is playing this guy Dragonetti, who is the head of one of these vampire houses, and these mm-hmm. are apparently, apparently, somehow we don't know how vampires can reproduce. Um, yeah, uh, what in the fucking twilight is this bullshit? <laughs> this is straight out like Stephanie Stephanie Meyer. Stephanie Meyer. Stephanie yeah. Meyer? Yep. Stephanie Meyer saw this movie and went, yeah, their their wombs become stone to protect them from the sunlight and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm so, so uh, Dragonetti has, is uh, talking to the other, uh, you know, elders of the other vampire houses. This council is, <laughs> it's everything that what we do in the shadows is not. It is the exact yep. opposite of the vampire council. Uh and, or it should be, yeah, let me put it more correctly. What we do in the shadows is poking fun of the kind of trope of these modern, gothic, uh, imposing, uh, very regal, formal uh, vampire councils. It's uh, <laughs> it's the exact opposite. Um, I think I've shared this before. There's a running bit about Donald Logue, as well as Wesley Snipes has a cameo in one episode of that. If you're not watching the TV show, What We Do in the Shadows, it's, I am it's not. worth the watch. It's worth the watch. It's really good. I'd go myself, but I can't be fucked. So, yeah, this whole boardroom scene is so confusing. Like, they're elders, and I imagine that the audition call sheet was 
must look like a vampire because <laughs> holy shit, this entire boardroom is just terrifying. Like yeah. if I saw these people walking down the street, I'd be like, look, vampires aren't real, but vampires might be real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it it's great. It alludes to this kind of like grand masquerade that you know, vampires mm-hmm. and Blade will talk about it later in the movie that they control everything. They're incredibly wealthy, which makes sense, right? If you have immortal beings could amass wealth and control it you know, over centuries, then... They don't enroll themselves in public high school, you know. That's right. They do not do that to collect uh, graduation caps. That's correct. They do not do that. Wait, hang on. I never got that far. Is that their reasoning? It's not his reasoning. So it's... um, Edward is basically like... I think he's like, not bored, but he's... He's trying to learn and develop and grow in new experiences. So he keeps enrolling himself in high school. I think he's done it a number of times. And there's a shot when she goes inside their home where it's like a wall and it's got like his graduation caps, like as a, like a mosaic almost. Yeah. Oh my God. Those movies. They're fun movies. Yeah. All right. I agree to disagree. Okay. Combat, exploration, and roleplay. These are known as the three pillars of play that make every game of Dungeons & Dragons exciting, tense, and rewarding. But we believe there's another pillar to the world's greatest roleplaying game, and that fourth pillar is creation. Are you a dungeon master who has always wanted to create your own monsters, execute your own adventures, design your own challenges, spells, classes, and lineages? That is what we here at the fourth pillar of play, a Night Shift radio production, are doing. Learning game design by designing games. We are not professionals. We are enthusiastic amateurs, just like many of you. So join us as we review and discuss information by professional game designers and put theory into practice by creating new worlds, new monsters, and new opportunities for heroic players. I'm Josh. And I'm Talon. Join us at the fourth pillar of play, available wherever you download your podcasts or visit us at www.fourthpillarofplay.com. And we look forward to creating with you. A scene that's not here, yeah. so I want to talk about it now, is Frost down in the vampire archives. Yep. Trying to decode the ancient vampire text. Yep. Using a state-of-the-art 1998 computer. <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. Old tech alert for sure. Did you get a jilted ex-lover vibe? A little bit, yeah. I think that Stephen Dorff's kind of like <clears throat> pouty... Like sultry pouting. Both of them. It definitely had that vibe to the point where I wrote when he says, you bore me. Oh, you mean with Dragon Eddie? With Dragon Eddie, yeah. When he says, you bore me, I was like, which which way of bore are you using here? (laughs) You bore me. Um, Phrasing. As Frost and his kind are not natural born vampires, they're considered socially inferior, to which I say, why? They're still vampires, <laughs> though. Well, now that I'm saying um, that, I, there, there's it's it's vampire racism. It is it is kind of like racist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, returning to her apartment. Um. So, <clears throat> this is Uh-oh. the this is the uh, this is. Do you want me to finish the thought before you yeah, go? Yeah, go for or? it. Go for it. Okay. Uh, returning to her apartment, Karen is attacked by police officer Krieger, <laughs> who is a familiar. A loyal human to vampires. Yes. A couple things I love here. I love the bit of the lore with the familiar, right? Yep. I love the neck tattoos or the the glyphs that uh, 
blade calls on the back. Yeah, on the back, mm-hmm. right? Like letting them know who they belong to. I love the lore that the world is developing, even if it's not fully fleshed out. Even if some of it doesn't make sense, I, I just love how it, it it really kind of like immerses you in this world. Um, now, maybe in two and three, we're going to get more of that. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I think I think there's a bit of, you know, you. You might have ideas what's beyond like the edge of the camera frame, but you don't have to mm-hmm. you don't have to show it, right? And it can be enough to leave it there. So I think in terms of, you know, as a storyteller, it's okay to leave stuff out there that's not defined. Um and in fact, mm-hmm. sometimes that's helpful to give you a place to tell a new story or a new take on the story. So um yeah. they're doing some interesting stuff with the lore here. I like it. Krieger, the police officer, uh, this is the other this is the actor who was in Scream. Skeet Ulrich, Skeet Ulrich did not make it into this movie, but his co-star from Scream, Steve. Oh my God! It's Steve. It's it, Casey's boyfriend. Yes, yes. Look, to be fair, you never get a real close-up look at him, and his mouth is taped the entire scene. So <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I still hold my nerd cred, but yes, I I was able to say that it's Casey's boyfriend. You did, yeah, that was impressive. But I'm watching this. I'm like, this guy looks really familiar, and uh, I had to do because you just watched Scream, right? I just watched Scream. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, both I, both dreams. <laughs> uh, no, I did not. No, Jack watched the new one without me. Oh wait, no, no, I did. Oh wait, no, no. I'm sorry. Yeah, I did watch it. I did you watch did, it. You didn't do all the other ones. Which, I didn't do all the other ones. Yeah, which you don't. You know, I've seen really Scream Two. I don't know that I've seen any beyond that. But move it yeah. along, guys. No. Krieger informs Frost of what happened, and Frost kills Krieger. I mean, that's the <laughs> that's the the price you pay playing the familiar game. Frost also also has one of the elders executed, the Dragonetti. Uh, yeah, again, like Wikipedia, <laughs> Frost has his ex lover. I'm making it canon. Uh, <laughs> executed, and also would putting on sunblock really stop a vampire from being killed by the sun? It's clearly the the UV radiation because Whistler's able is able to harness that into a handheld weapon. Um, I, I I mean I I like that it's a modern twist. Clearly, none of the elders would have thought of that, but right. Frost is a modern, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, will, he's older than he looks, but he's he's at least a modern era vampire. And sure, like it's it's an inventive idea. I also like that. I like it more in the execution. So the execution is really they let um, Dragonetti uh, see the sunrise. The execution is gruesome and cool. And the best CGI in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. They spent money on that because you wanted to feel the weight of that death. It yeah. was like, fuck, man, that yeah. was rough. Um, I, I I like their protection in that. So They've applied sunblock around their faces, but then they've they've got full oh, body motorcycle put... leathers and a full face okay. motorcycle helmet. Yeah, so I'm okay with it there. I'm less okay with it later when Frost confronts Blade <laughs> outside, and it's just in he's broad standing. fucking daylight. Yeah, that that like, one I was like, uh, I think you're stretching it a little bit. Uh, all Blade needs is a big bucket of water, and you're going down like the Wicked Witch of the West, man. Yeah, and if it was that simple, then why wouldn't why wouldn't he walk around in the daylight all the time? Right. Like, right. I, I like it with the helmet because, you know, he's got the mat, the full face mask helmet, but also the, the, um, 
sunblock underneath it. That mm-hmm. feels right. But just like nothing and just walking in, in the light feels a little, feels like cheating, to be honest with you. A little bit, a little bit. Dragon Lady's executed. The others are stripped of their authority. In, and this is in response to the earlier disrespect shown Frost at the Council of Vampires. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Blade comes upon Pearl. One word. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, a morbidly obese vampire. And that truly does not do justice to this physical, this practical effect, as you said. Oh, yeah, originally, uh, so for the beginning of the scene, I thought Pearl was a, a female. Mm-hmm. But then everyone started referring to Pearl as a he, and I was like, okay. But Pearl originally was originally was going to be a uh, androgynous Korean man or a Korean looking person. Okay. Uh, and then when they decided to go with the morbidly obese, there was also going to be dead children just laying around him because they would just toss the children to this morbidly obese vampire oh. and he he would suck the blood and just throw the bodies like in various levels of decay okay. and i'm just like i'm i'm glad that's not in the film <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's a rough one <laughs> yeah this isn't this is an r rated movie and it it it, it uses that yeah yeah that would, sure. have been, that would have been much. Agree. That would have been too much. Yeah. So they've come upon Pearl, this morbidly obese vampire. They torture Pearl with a UV light into revealing the deacon wants to command a ritual where he would use 12 pure blood vampires, the elders of those houses, to awaken the blood god, La Magra, and Blade's blood is the key. That's your line. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, I'm sorry. We, we oh. need, I, I just realized uh, I, there's a, a car chase scene. There's Earlier, a, there's a car chase scene. Blade is chasing. Oh, he's chasing well, Krieger. Yes. Yes. He's following Krieger to the vampire Asian Korean nightclub. Yeah, where we find Pearl. So yeah. the, to get to this scene, yep. holy crap, the sped up yeah. air quotes car chase. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> When it turns down that alleyway, and it's very clearly a car that's doing like 10 to make the turn, they're just like, speed it up, speed it up. It looked cool. I'm like, nope, that's not not how that works. That didn't work. Uh, When when Pearl is scared by Blade, what happens? Oh, he farts. Ha ha. (laughs) I do like the sizzling. Oh, yeah. When Karen is uh, sweeping him with the with the UV light. That's that one's pretty good. Yeah, that's properly horrifying. Um, Yeah. So during this, there's a huge. Is this when the huge fight happens with the little girl at the beginning, and they keep breaking the uh, the scroll uh, uh, cases? Or is that? Yeah, la- I, I, yes, in my notes. Yes, because okay. yes, because Blade sees this heavy steel vault door in Pearl's mm-hmm. room, goes yeah. through it. That's where all the hanging parchment pieces are. Um, the girl, the bait. And then uh-huh. yeah, Quinn comes in with an army. Um, they're able to overpower Blade. Things look bad, and uh, they are saved by the entrance of Whistler. A uh, bit of racism. Okay. When everyone hits Blade, it's a normal punch sound. When the Asian guy starts hitting Blade, it is suddenly the stereotypical kung fu movie punch sound. <laughs> I was like. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> it happens later at the end of the film, too, when he fights him again. It's like, really? Again? You did it the first time. You got to this point in the film, and you went, yeah, let's be more racist. That's right. That's unfortunate. So after this fight yep. at the hideout, Blade injects himself with a special serum that suppresses the urges to drink blood. Uh, is he? Is it a serum, or is it just some sort of super blood? It just looks like blood. I mean, is this like uh, the heroin and cocaine? Like, they don't want to say this is just blood, so like it's a serum. Like, well, it doesn't make any sense. Why would injecting blood, like, no, because there's got to be something to it because it's able to suppress his appetite for, you know, longer than feeding, but it's becoming gradually less effective. So it's, and, you know, Whistler tells Blade that he did some research on Karen. She's a hematologist. She might be able to help. Um, you know, they're trying to come up with a new formula. So, I mean, all those things put together, it's, it's, it might be based, you know, it might start from blood, but it's some kind of a formula medicine, uh, drug. Yeah. Well, hang on. I thought I had it here. Saved. Okay. I'm so sorry. So they talk about in this scene, um, the, about how like vampires lack hemo- hemoglobin and, all that. Mm-hmm. That's the real. Uh, uh, let me see if I can say this. Let me just do the the letters. PCT okay. is a type of porphyria, porphyria, or blood disorder that affects the skin. And what it does is it gives you a white skin. It recedes your gums to make it look like you have fangs. And it makes you, and it's because of a hemoglobin deficiency. And people were really biting the necks of people to get the blood. Biting their necks, biting their wrists, biting people to yeah. get the, the blood that they need. So, like, vampirism of all the cryptozoological creatures that we have, mm-hmm. this is the one that's most rooted in something that really fucking happened. It was a real, like problem for a long time and when they said that i'm like hey wait i used to remember this so i had to look it up again oh very cool that this was a this is a real thing that like that's where we get the idea of vampires and that's why whistler's first name is abraham bram soaker first name is abraham abraham soaker and ben helsing's first name is abraham oh that's right yeah that's right that's right okay any who (laughs) Back to the plot. The serum begins to lose its effectiveness due to overuse. While experimenting with an anticoagulant EDTA, I have no idea what that means, I'm not going to look it up, (laughs) as a possible replacement, Karen discovers that it explodes when combined with vampire blood. This is gnarly shit. (laughs) When Blade gets those two vampires with it later in the film, the, oh man, that's, with it ending with just like someone taking a gallon bucket of blood and just going Wee! up in the air to make it splatter up in the air. It's- I, I mean, I it, uh, the it's funny, it, you know, it's funny and horrific at this at the exact same time and in this you know equal measures. I, that's a place where, again. I think the CGI works. It's it's funny. It's it's a vampire movie. It's well, okay if it's a little ridiculous. I don't know if that's CGI. I think that might be practical. The, when, they're, them well, all, when their heads ex- inflate? No, well, when you see them laying on the ground, oh, I believe the shots oh. of them on the ground is a practical. I meant, uh, I meant the actual like process. When it starts, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's funny. Uh, so she manages to synthesize a vaccine that can cure the infection, but 
learns that it will not work on Blade. Karen is confident that she can cure Blade's bloodthirst, but it would take her years of treating it. Well, thank goodness she's a vampire, too. Well, she's not because it works on her, so she's all good. Good luck. Yeah. Now, Frost and his men attack the hideout. They infect Whistler and abduct Karen. When Blade returns, yeah, he helps Whistler commit suicide. Um, The assault on Frost's lair is is really satisfying. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I, I like the character. I... Trying to remember, I think doesn't he? Does it? Does he somehow come back in Blade Two? Am I misremembering? I that? just I, I saw his name in the credits. I believe it's a flashback. Maybe it's a flashback. Okay, I hope I hope so because uh, it works in the movie here. Uh, he's a great character. I love him, um, and I I love that scene. Uh, did you see the note that Wesley Snipes had trouble getting through the scene because he was doing the exact same thing I was doing, which is laughing because. Whistler is covered head to toe in blood. So what does Blade do? Pick up the smallest fucking piece of gauze. Is like, let me just wipe it yeah. back a little here. <laughs> a little oh, bit here. He does. And a little bit. And I'm just like, what 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 good is this doing? You're gonna need a bigger gauze. Yeah. You're literally putting a band-aid on a gaping wound. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, yeah, I, I, I read that Wesley Snipes laughed a lot during that scene, and I don't blame him because it's... I didn't think of that until you said it, but that that is <laughs> that is fair to point out. <laughs> when Blade attempts to rescue Karen from Frost's penthouse, he's shocked to find his still mother, his still alive mother. What a twist! So Blade's mother reveals that she came back from the dead the night that she was attacked and was brought in by frost who appears and reveals himself as the vampire who bit her so it's you know a little bit of the trope of you know your your worst enemy is your father you know don't don't love that trope but i would say what it's i'm okay with it here because like it's it's like a oh moment but it's it's not like a huge like they don't have like a beat and a pause and a you know, knowing look at the, at that revelation. So they don't really linger on it, so I'm okay. How about the fact that we know Blade's fa- mother is alive 45 minutes into this film? When he's in his weird little white room lair, uh-huh. uh, when Frost's there and he's looking at it on his even shittier-looking computer, right. and that weird bed thing opens up, Yep, it's, his, it's Blade's mother that's like, yes. the, your guests are waiting. But when she goes to sit up, when you can see her face fully, it cuts to the computer screen... And then when she walks towards him, it's like this much of it's only like the bottom third of her face, but it's clearly Blade's mother. So if you if what, you re- that's actually an amazing thing. Like giving us the twist when we don't know we're being given the twist. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, fair. that's good. I so like that's that a lot. Sanaa Lathan is the actress playing Vanessa. Um yeah. Yeah, she's, she's another shitty uh, uh, franchise movie too. Oh. She's in Alien versus Predator. Oh yeah, she sure is. Oh, Fifty three actor credits. Holy cow! A lot of TV. A lot of. She TV. plays Wesley Snipes' wife in something. Just a couple years after this, I saw that note too. Um, out of time was that Wesley Snipes? Yeah. Nope. That's uh, Denzel. That one's Denzel. Uh, Alien versus Predator. Brown Sugar. Maybe. Love and Basketball. 
No. Best, best man. No, it doesn't matter. Okay. All right. Doesn't matter. All right. Blade is then subdued and taken to the Temple of Eternal Night. Um, were you getting some real cabin in the woods vibes from that temple? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. It's right. totally the basement temple from uh, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. <laughs> Major spoiler for Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. But also, if you haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, how fucking dare you? Yeah. Do you, what, do you think about your life choices. Come on. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, you got you got Chris uh, Hemsworth before he fixed his lazy eye? <laughs> oh. Uh, now, the Temple of Eternal Night is, I'm just moving right past that, is where Frost okay. plans to perform the summoning ritual for Lamagra. Karen is thrown into a pit to be devoured by Webb, who is transformed into a decomposing zombie-like creature. So, this was your reference. Uh, he's a zombie. He just talks, but he's a zombie. <laughs> like, it is George R. Romero zombie level makeup they put on this dude and they're like oh shit now he's a zombie let's make him talk <laughs> I, so so and there yeah. is a there is a there's a is it day of the dead is it day of the dead part two one of them the zombies just full on talk and i was less like i'm fucking out this huh. is no zombies need to be like Rrr. now i don't understand the logic here I my take on that was that he wasn't a zombie. He was like a quasi vampire. Like if he was able to feed, he would complete his transformation and return as a vampire. But but because doesn't Frost like tease, not tease, but like taunt Blade or Karen about these half turned creatures? They're like they live on the fringes. They'll eat anything, even other vampires. Oh. So. I, yeah, maybe, maybe. I, okay. So I think it's like he he was turned enough he would he would turn, but he's got a feed, but he's they've thrown him into this pit where there's nothing. So he's in this like limbo state. I don't know. Again, they don't explain it. They just hoped it would look cool for you. Yeah, yeah. And of course it's the you know, the horror of her her ex web, right? Of course, uh, mm -hmm. is is putting her in peril. Now Karen injures Webb and escapes. Blade is drained of his blood, but Karen allows him to drink from her, enabling him to recover. That's Hang on. A, yeah. That's like the worst metaphor for the two of them fucking, right? <laughs> With it's her a gasping a certain way and constantly saying, don't stop, and it literally ending with him climaxing. Yeah. It's clearly a very sexual act. Yeah. Which is, I was, you know. I was uncomfortable the whole time. Th that is part and parcel of, you know, most vampire lore, right? Like vampires very are sexual, sexual beings. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I mean, listen, it's rated R it's uncomfortable. There's a moment where I think there's a question of, will he stop? Will he kill her? You know, mm -hmm. has he gone too close to the line? Has he crossed the line again for the movie and the tone and the, the, the story they're telling? I like it. it. It works for me. Also, how is, how is Karen not dead? Like, it seems like Quinn drained her of a shit ton of blood at the beginning of this film a day ago. I think he mainly drained Webb. I think she was like the dessert, and he bit her okay. enough to infect her, but she didn't have serious blood loss. I do think what Blade does to her does not make sense for her to be you know, sneaking up on vampires, taking their shotguns away, like helping out. So, so funny when he's when she sneaks like. 
to the point where do they ever make reference to the vampires have good hearing in this film? I don't think they do. No, that's other lore, but I love the moment where blade jumps down when Karen first wakes up. And if you watch this with closed captioning, the closed caption says lands silently. Yeah. 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 Uh, there, there is a reference when blade and Karen have followed Krieger to the, the nightclub and he's like, Mm -hmm. You know, the bouncer, the guest, those are vampires, the hooker across the street. How can you tell the way they move and the way they smell? There is no reference to they don't make a sound. I, can or, he- I can't hear their heartbeat or something. Yeah, yeah. there's no re- there's no reference to that in the movie. But, yeah. That, that's Daredevil's shtick. Oh, sure, sure. Frost completes the ritual and obtains the powers of La Magra. Now, Frost kills one of the elder members in this scene has killed two of the elder members by this point. But in the <laughs> total bullshit of the 90s, that's not how computers work. Right. The scroll makes the schematic for him right. and shows him how many members have to be there and who has to stand in the center. If he's killed it, two of the members, he can't perform the ritual. Well, I'm sure he took, like, those members were like the elders of those houses. I'm sure he took other members of those houses. But wouldn't it just be the uh, the elders or is is vampire magic, I, let's call it, such that when um uh Dragon Ice Dragon Dragon Dra- Eastern, Dragon Eddie Dragon Eddie is killed, whoever was next in line now is the head of that house? Well, I I don't think it's necessarily about the head of the house as much as it is okay. I think each of the houses represents like a different lost tribe. And you need mm-hmm. a member from each of the, you know, the 12 tribes, right? Okay, um, that should have been explained because it uh, made me go, hang on. You just murdered the guy that was standing in one of the spots. You shouldn't be able to perform this ritual now Well, without I being mean, like, go get another member from that house. There's no empty spots, so we don't know. That's fair. You, you know, so as far as we know, like, he's rounded up, you know, all of the members of the, El- you know, all of the ruling house members or whatever. <laughs> How cool is, and I'll answer that question, very fucking cool, the effect of the vampire spirits, like, leaving the shells of their bodies? It's a cool idea. Again, the CGI oh. at the time hurts it. No, it it's not bad. It's just the, the last one, like, because it happens so fast. Yeah. The first 11, or was it 12 of them that are there? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. When it does that last one, it really shows it coming out of them. I was like, oh boy, maybe you should have just kept it as far away distance and really uh, fast. If this movie was made now, the CGI would look like the CGI we have now. But I mean, I, I think sure. if you accept if, if you accept the fact that this movie's twenty four years old, I, I think it looks really. I think it looks really good. I think it looks really cool. But a movie that is thirty years old, the CGI in that movie looks fucking fantastic. A little movie called Jurassic Park. Yeah, that's fair. That still holds up. Pete, they just got cheap. Like Spielberg and Amblin and Universal spent the fucking money to make that look the way it did. And it shows when they realized, oh, we can do it on a computer for cheap. All the studios heard was for cheap. Yeah. And they, they cut corners. And it shows a lot of 90s CGI is just dog shit. <laughs> okay. Well, everyone, Casey has a perspective on this. We don't necessarily uh, see eye to eye on that one. It is why we have not gotten a Blu-ray version of Deep Space Nine. 
because all the ships are CG, and they've said if they upconvert it, you're going to literally be able to see the pixels. Got it. Okay. All right. So maybe that's why I'm mad about it, because I I want my high definition. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Space Nine. Frost has gained the powers of Lamagra, the blood god. Uh, Blade confronts him after killing all of his (laughs) minions, including his mother, and then Blade does the superhero landing. Yes, he does. While like grabbing his vest and zipping it up when he's landing, because when he jumps off the thing, it's open. When he lands, oh, shoop, it's oh, up. I, did, I didn't notice that. <laughs> God damn, Blade. <laughs> Probably the coolest moment for Wesley Snipes the entire movie is his yelling Frost. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, all right, all right that was pretty badass. <laughs> Frost! In a movie that has had amazing action sequences. This fight is is really satisfying. Considering it was the reshoots, so they yeah. had less time to learn this choreography. Yeah. It's not like, like, you know the story about the Princess Bride. I know that they worked on it forever. And, it, it was, and the script, they wasn't it like, on, it was like almost nothing? They fight or something? And then the same guy who taught... David Prowess the, yeah, and the, was Darth Vader's he, that sword, uh, yeah, sword double um, in Empire. He's he's yep. he's done every he's done Highlander. He mm-hmm. is he's great. Yeah, he's Olympic. He's an Olympic gold medalist, isn't he? For fencing, uh, I seem to remember Carrie. I was right, saying that so in his book. Bob Anderson is Bob Anderson. Yep. Yeah, he's um, he's really really impressive. Let's see. Uh, sadly passed away 10 years ago uh, at the age of 90. Wow. Yeah. Rob Reiner wanted to shoot kind of in sequence. Yep. And then they realized they wanted to make that fight bigger, and they pushed it to, like, it might have been the last thing they shot. No kidding. So, like, the pressure, if I remember the book, there was some sort of, like, the pressure was on because I think either Mandy or Carrie was going on to another project, like, the next day. Oh wow! So if they didn't get it that day, they were fucked. Okay, so let's let's give. Uh, is he knighted, sir? Oh, he might not be. It would knighted. say, yeah, OBE. He, he's not, which is I, I don't know how he's not. So let's give uh, Bob Robert James Gilbert Anderson some credentials. So he's an Olympic, an English Olympic fencer, uh, and, a, mm-hmm. and a renowned fight choreographer. So first of all, he wins five gold. Uh, I'm sorry. Representing England, oh, the British Empire Games. Hmm. Is that I don't the, know what that is. Yeah, no, it's not the Olympics. It's not the Olympics. I, 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 ma- I imagine it's like the precursor. What are our Olympic tryouts? They have a name. Yeah, that would make sense. So at the British Empire Games in 1950, which is a lead up to the 1952 Summer Olympics, he takes two gold medals and three silver medals. That's in the British Empire Games. Uh, he then goes on to fence in the uh, 52 Olympics, and he is tied for fifth in the Team Sabre event in 52. But then he goes on and really makes his mark in Hollywood. So I'm going to give you, like, the bookends. So these are actors he coached in swordsmanship. Errol Flynn. Fuck. 
Johnny Depp. Oh, for pirates. So yeah, Sean Connery. Yeah, Tony. What Aven- the yeah. fuck did he? So here's his movies <laughs> for, right? for Zorro. Sure. Yeah. Wow, Star Wars, me. Highlander, The Three Musketeers, The Princess Bride, The Mask of Zorro, Lord of the Rings, Die Another Day. He stands in. He's the stunt double for Darth Vader in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi in the right in the because lightsaber they were like, you know, he's got to be a little better at this. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I mean, if you've seen a cool fight on screen. You know, it was He's probably had something his. to do with it. Yeah. 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 Right. That's what he coached Shine Depp on was the Pirates movies, right? Yes. B- Curse of the Black Pearl. Yep. Yep. Which has amazing sword player. Uh, it that, does. That, it does. Yeah. That fight between Jack and Will in his like workshop is holy the, shit. Might be one of the best scenes those two have in any of the movies. Well, I, I will stand by this that Curse of the Black Pearl as a standalone film, is a oh, fucking phenomenal film. Uh, agree 100%. Yep. It and goes downhill real quick. The best one in the series. Agree. Yep. Mm-hmm. Don't give your hero a sword if you're not going to have an epic sword battle. He doesn't. You don't get that with any of the other villains, but when you're facing the big bad, if your hero has a sword, he better be fighting the villain with a sword. Now, Frost, Here's the only problem. Frost like, has it's a, a, cord, it's a, a sword like yeah. out of nowhere. He's like, Thank hey, you. That's what it's going to Yeah. <laughs> totally what it's going to say. Like, I know it's a reshoot, but have a pickup of being him being like, get me my sword. Yeah. Or having someone throw it to him. Or having it like tucked away in a corner. Or at or least something. show it suddenly, once prior to that. Yeah. Did he have it up his prison purse? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> oh, don't stab me with the hepatitis sword, please. <laughs> <laughs> so this is great. Now, you, you may reference the reshoot. So... There is, we're going to drop it in the show notes when this comes out. Uh, yep. There was an alternate ending. The fight with Frost through the ending. There's an alternate version. Which is so weird because, so the original runtime, did you see what the original runtime of this thing was? No. 240 minutes. <gasps> what? And, of course, audiences, because. Wait, that can't two, be right. I, oh, two yeah, hours one, 40? Two hours 40? No. No. 240 uh, is four hours. That can't be right. That can't be right. That can't be right. Hang on, let me, let me, well, let me, let me, uh, uh, shut the fuck up and let me. <laughs> yeah, that one cannot be right. Stop saying that can't be right. <laughs> Casey, I don't think that can be right. I think he took that guy's wallet. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> the original runtime, excuse me, 140 minutes, not 240, 140. Okay, so two, 20, two hours, 20 minutes. Holy cow. So 20 more minutes than what we watched. Holy shit. 20 more minutes at the same pacing. Oh my God, I would have killed myself. Yikes, yikes, yikes. And it was, let me read exactly what it says. The first cut of this film, which was 140 minutes long, had a disastrous (laughs) test screening with audiences. I feel like the person who wrote this trivia note was at the screening. It was like, it was a shit show. Yep. Heavy edits and reshoots were implemented, which delayed the release of the movie more than a half a year. That's interesting. Huh. The most significant change was the additional final sword fight between Blade and Deacon, which did not exist in the original version. Except in the original version, he becomes a giant pile of Kool-Aid. Yeah. It's it's re- now again to be f- well, no, wait, no, that was a that must have been finished effects. Well, no, no, because it wasn't. See, it wasn't pure finished effects. Was it rough effects? It was rough effects, but it's still like it's rough effects, and that's what they released because they couldn't get the. So he becomes this giant like blood tornado. Yeah, they but lean a, in randomly. Whole... Steven Dorf will like pop out in it, 
and it they just couldn't get it to blend. The technology wasn't there yet. I'm limited by the technology of my time. The CGI in the fight with Frost after he's an avatar of the Blood God, I hmm. do not love that. Um, mm-hmm. Blade finds that his sword is basically ineffective if he cuts. Uh, you know, he cuts Frost's hand off. Another one reforms. He cuts him in two, and the torso comes back and you know merges back Through with the. the with the legs through the power of Kool-Aid through the power of Kool-Aid. So, uh, I don't love that, but it's better than the blood tornado blob that he becomes in that alternate ending in the version that we got in the theatrical release. Um, blade has the syringes with the EDTA, um, serum and, Mm -hmm. uh, basically blast frost with that, um, in a really cool, very stylized way of throwing them. And then finally kicking the last one into the shot between the eyes, uh, which, of course, causes Frost to inflate and explode like the other vampires did. Frost is destroyed. And whose death is not listed in here is Quinn. And I would like to say, not since Boba Fett's death in Return of the Jedi has a character gone out like a punk-ass bitch. <laughs> I gotta fucking kill you, Blade. Boop. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're not was, wrong. It was... Perfect. I laughed very hard at that death. I was like, that's perfect. Yeah. That's Indiana Jones shooting the swordsman in in Raiders. It's just, it's exactly what that character deserved. I love, you know, Queen is, he is dangerous and lethal, right, to humans. But in terms of, like, on the blade scale, he is laughably incompetent. Mm-hmm. He's, he's condiment king to, yeah. to, to Batman. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. You're just a nuisance and you won't go away. It, that's exactly right. Yep. And it, and Blade doesn't really have the time the time to follow up and get rid of him once and for all, but eh, what's it matter? Yeah. Yep. Cuz I think I think a little head cannon here. The reason he doesn't is cuz he knows it'll keep bringing him closer to Frost. Yep. Uh yeah. Right? Sure. Oh, sure. Sure, sure. Yeah. And in fact, yeah. in the 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 opening scene in the nightclub <clears throat> You know, he's, uh, you know, he sees Quinn and wants to know, you know, where Frost is. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, the end of this bad boy is Karen offers to help Blade find a cure for himself. Instead, he asks her to create an improved version of the serum so he can continue his crusade against vampires. In the deleted scene. Yep. uh, At the end of this, she notices a figure standing off in the distance, and what you didn't notice, unless you had like earphones in, that figure goes, it's Morbin time. <laughs> he sure does. Because <laughs> it is, in fact, supposed to be Michael Morbius. And just showing like yeah, how like wild, wild west the 90s were with comic book characters, they didn't realize they didn't own the rights to the character. Uh, they didn't well, realize that he is a Spider-Man character. So, well, that's funny you say that. At this point, Sony had not yet bought the the rights. So, oh, ro- I'm sorry, I read the note the, wrong. It yeah. was a couple years later they did. Uh, so no, they like it, so this movie's in production in like '97, right? Yeah, it's middle of '98 is when Sony buys it. So when they filmed this and packages and put it together, Marvel still right. owned it. Yes. Oh, that's so fucking wild. And they were setting Morbius up as an antagonist for the sequel. Well, probably an antagonist that turns ally because uh, Night Stalkers was going on at this time. And it was Morbius, yep. Johnny Blaze, 
Yeah. Uh, Blade. Man thing. Werewolf by night. Werewolf by night. Sometimes. The main crew, or was that Midnight Suns? Oh, uh, that was Midnight Suns, I think. Night Stalkers, Marvel. Uh, 92. Oh, that was before. 92 to 94. So it's a few years earlier. Oh, it ended in 94. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's Blade, Frank Drake. He's a, he's a, like oh, a yeah, hard-boiled yeah. PI, right? He, he yep. hunts down vampires. And Hannibal King, he actually is a vampire. Oh, these are all the... Okay. These are all the pure vampire hunters. I think... I think so. Night Stalkers are, they have a business. They're hunting vampires. Am I, You're am I conflating the two? Midnight, Midnight Suns. Yeah. Which, Which are was. like the. Yeah. Yep. Bring those up now. They are. Oh, nope. That's a video game. Got, Holy shit. There have been some. Uh, so apparently, at some point, Doctor Strange, Captain America, and Carol Danvers were part of it. That's crazy. Uh, Rise of the Midnight Sun. So the original one, we've got a couple of the night. So are, all the Night Stalkers, or some of the Night Stalkers, Morbius, the Spirits of Vengeance. So two different. Oh, so oh, Danny Keach was in there too. Danny Catch and Johnny Blaze and Catch. Blake, is that how you say it? Uh, I would assume so. K e t c h. Another Spirit of Vengeance, uh, Michael Badalino, Badalino, and the Guardians of the Darkhold, the Darkhold Redeemers. But later, Mordred oh. the Mystic and Jinx. Wow. That, that's Are a you wild. on the Wikipedia? Yeah. Do you see this list? That's a wild. Oh, that so was holy the shit. Leaders yeah. were the Blade, Johnny Blaze, Danny Ketch, and Morbius were yep. the main. And then Blade, the Spirit of Vengeance, uh, Magic, Wolverine, yeah. Elsa Bloodstone, D- uh, Doctor Doc- Strange, Doctor Voodoo. Damon, Good. Damon Hellstrom. Oh, that's cool. Iron Fist. Hannibal King, The Man Thing. There's Man Moon Thing. Knight. Moon Knight. Scarlet Spider. Scarlet Witch. Werewolf. Briefly. Briefly. Long. I love briefly. that it says briefly. Briefly. Oh. Look, for like a hot second. I got to <laughs> like go watch. Half an issue. I got to go watch Werewolf by Night. I can't believe I haven't seen it yet. I... Unfortunately, we have to finish this movie. We do. So. <clears throat> we do. So the epilogue. Uh, in a brief epilogue, Blade confronts a vampire. Originally, was supposed to be the Whistler as a vampire. Oh, really? Like, oh, like he like he turned. Yeah, like he didn't shoot himself. Oh, got it. Because when he fires the gun, Blade doesn't react at all. So I'm wondering if they originally shot it with him just walking away, implied suicide, and then he comes back. Oh, and, sure, maybe uh, there was a body here. There was a body here when I left. To go kill Frost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, he's a vampire. Hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, same idea as the beginning, taking her to this exclusive club, but he, uh, you know, prematurely vampirisms and uh, tries to kill her there before getting into the club. Mm-hmm. And then there's Blade and that, dear listener, this movie. No, oh. no end credit scene. Marvel hadn't nope. started doing that, so that's correct. The end. So, Todd. Yes, yes. First, we remember to say movie. Uh, movie. If you listen to Wonder Woman 1984, <laughs> there is none. You contacted me the other day, like, "Hey, buddy, it's uh, it's not there." <laughs> yeah. So I I found a spot that seemed like the appropriate transition. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> if anyone wonders why, that's why. Yeah. Sometimes, Sometimes we're we forget we're- shit. We're organic, like a fern. Yeah. Uh, so, Todd, as always, we got yes. some uh, questions here. We do. Um, 
Todd, who's your favorite character? Blade, 100%. Forget about how crazy Wesley Snipes is going to become. He doesn't even yeah, have a lot of dialogue. This is an actor. It's yeah. character. Yes. Uh, yes. So, mm, mine's Quinn. Okay. Okay. Because Quinn, he's uh, like, I, uh, yeah. he's fun. And also, I, I, you know, again, taking away the craziness that, that will become Wesley Snipes, leaving post it notes, signed Blade <laughs> for yep. Blade Trinity. Yeah. Um, from scene to scene, it's a different character. Mm-hmm. And I guess the scene where Blade gets really angry at Karen, Wesley Snipes fought back on that, didn't want it to be that way. He wanted it to be cold and calculated, which would have been so much better for that scene, but lost out in the end to the director. Hmm. And I, 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 watching that last night, I was like, this is out of left field. He hasn't gotten mad like this the whole movie. <laughs> and it kind of ruins the frost at the end. If he if that was the first time we heard Blade angry, mm-hmm. ooh, that would have been so terrifying. But <laughs> since he yelled at Karen earlier, we're like, nah, so for me it's Quinn. Okay. All right. Um, Casey, what is the best scene in the movie? You know, you're right. It's uh what you said at the beginning. It's it's the it's the bloodbath rave. That's yeah. that's a great set piece. It yeah. sets you up for what kind of movie you're in for. If you don't find any of this to be cool and interesting, there's the exit, you know. Blade uses all of his gadgets, right? He's the vampire hunting Batman, you know, his utility <laughs> belt of of uh, uh-huh. undeath. Um yeah, and uh it's better than the you know, it's better than the fight at the end. Yeah, because mm-hmm. again, I, d- I don't love what they're doing with Frost at the end, but that opening fight is just amazing. Yeah, just unbelievable. So yeah, so we agree. It's uh, the yeah. death. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I'm not drunk. I'm just tired. Yeah. Uh, yeah one scene that you, Todd Panic, you would cut. Yeah, so I agree with you. At two hours, the movie is long. It drags. But there's no scene where I go, even like the whole, the the finding of Pearl and the archives and, you know, then the getting away. Like, none of that I go, that doesn't need to be there. But take what you've got and tighten it up, right? Like, yep. it's, it, it's definitely a little indulgent in terms of taking time to unfold. And if it was a tight 90... The fact yeah. that they glaze over, and I think you could with some pacing, maybe some trimming of some scenes, some dialogue. Mm-hmm. If this was a tight 90 and it was still like as vague as it was with all of the uh, lore with the vampire, like, yep, it's a tight 90 movie, so they didn't have time. But the fact that it's two hours and we're still sitting here going, how does the vampire hierarchy work? And what are their exact powers? And why did yeah. garlic <laughs> cure Karen somehow? And, and, you know, if you think, and now that you mentioned that, you know, if you think about it, I'd bet money Blade does not have the most lines in the movie. He's, oh, no, it's it's Steven Dorff. Yeah, so it's, you know, I, it's not even like you're spending a lot of time with the hero talking, right? Like, like right. you're spending time in other places. Yeah, just so you got to tighten it up, buddy. Tighten it up. Yep. Yeah. All right. And Casey, finally, and I think we're, uh, I think we're on the same page on this one. The actor having the most fun on three, one, two. Three, Donald Donald Logue. Logue. Yeah, yeah. it's one hundred percent him. He's yeah. he's as always. He is a delight 
I think this is Agreed. the first time I realized who he was, and then I started seeing him in other stuff, but I didn't remember he was in Blade, so I'm like, oh, I know this guy from somewhere. He was yeah. on that... Um, he was on a TV show on, was it Fox? Yeah, with the guy from Narcos also. Um, oh, I don't know. Uh, what the fuck was the name of that show? Uh, it was really good. It was like... Life? No, no. 2009. Grounded for Life. Grounded for Life. When yeah, was that? That's it. That's 2001 to 2005. So a couple of years after this. Yeah, that's a great movie. That was a great show. I enjoyed it. So the um so look at the cast list. Mhm. Oh, that's right. He was also on um ER. Yeah. Yeah. Sure was. He had a great run on ER. Yeah. Why do I not see Grounded for Life? Oh fuck, he was in The Patriot. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's he Dan was. Scott. He's the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. All right. So Donald Logue, yeah. So um, once again, as we mentioned at the beginning. Wait, I'm the, sorry. Oh. I, I, I want to complete. Oh. Kevin Corrigan. Yes. Uh, Who was. He's a he's another that guy actor. I like wasn't him. He, wasn't he in Narcos? He was not in Narcos. He's got a. Um, I would be stunned if he was in Narcos. He has a he has that um meme of him like standing in a a pool. He looks like he's he's got a big mustache. Oh, he was in Narcos Mexico. There we go. Which was one yep. of the spin-off guys. And he's okay. he's isn't he Pablo Escobar? No, he's not Pablo Escobar. Pablo Escobar is No. Okay. Yeah. He's Pablo Escobar's stunt double? No, Pablo Escobar's fat. He's fat. Oh, is he fat in that? <laughs> he, oh, yeah. He's... And he's got the big Pablo Escobar mustache and the the hair the same way. So got it. In Mar- no, in Narcos, his character is named Egan. Oh yeah. No, I never watched Narcos. Yeah, uh, I didn't watch. I didn't watch Mexico. I watched uh, the three seasons of Narcos, but because you're a okay. racist. Um. Okay. Sure. <laughs> and the... Go on, it was right there. It was right there. Uh, so once again, the IMDb. Actually, no, not once again, because you didn't let me say at the beginning. So I have to tell you now, the IMDb score for this movie was a 7.1 out of 10. Casey, My God, how do you? What will the audience it? do without us saying it twice in the episode? Uh, well, listen, it's, they're going to have to stumble through. Uh, 7.1. Uh, I'm going to move it down to uh, 6.8. Just knock okay. it down a couple points, mainly for the pacing. Again, this was a 90 minute movie, I'd probably be about a 7.5. Okay. I still wouldn't be very high because I just I don't give a shit, but... Uh, yeah, so I'm good. I think, and again, this could be a function of where we were in our lives when this came out. For me, 98, I'm uh, you know halfway through my uh, term of enlistment in the Air Force. Uh, I'm in my late 20s. This movie is cool. 7.1, I say it's an 8 out of 10. It's a great movie. And and I again, coming on the heels of the year before the horrible Batman and Robin, uh, holy cow! This, this is one of those movies that redeems the superhero genre. So it could be that for me as well. Remembering that that's fair. This that's made fair. movies good again. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, it's rated. R. I don't want it. Yeah, it is. So yeah, there's no nudity. So if you have an aversion 
to that, having your kids see that, you're fine. Um, but there is simulated oral sex at one point, yep. briefly. Yep. But still, it, you can't miss what's going on there. And, and there's a lot of fucks, and uh, there's a shit ton of blood. So if those are yeah. the things that make your kid uncomfortable, yeah. skip it. Know what you're getting into. Yep, agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, boy. Hey, Todd. Hey, Casey. And now it's time to pick the next movie from Thor's Helmet. It's time for you to pull a good movie. All right. What do we got? What do we got? What's in the bag? Reaching. What's in the bag? Oh, what's in the bag? I pulled like four. Shake, I'll shake, just... shake. No. Oh, no. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Got to look and see what, what it is. That could be a good sign. Not yet a bad sign. So we so just this, watched. Oh fuck! Oh no! What is that? The it's turtles in time. Turtles in time. I don't oh. want to watch this fucking movie. God damn it! Have you ever seen this fucking movie? I th- I'm sure I have because I think you know with with one of the boys. I think Christian, maybe. Motherfuck! <sighs> turtles in time. I'll get this out of the way right now. Jim Henson Studios did not do the puppetry for this movie, and it fucking shows. Uh, so the third of the original sequence of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, Turtles in Time. Uh, okay. Let's watch that trailer. 16th century Japan. Brave men ride into battle. Fighting an evil emperor. With their only hope, a golden scepter that can open the gates of time itself. Now, in their darkest hour, come four brave fighters from another time, another place, another species. You were expecting maybe uh, the Adams family? They're back. And they're back in time. Hey, Dad, check it out! We're in Shogun! Once before, demons defeated my ancestors. Now oh, they've come back for me. Talk about your quantum leap! My cannons can destroy these monsters, my lord. Uh oh, this doesn't bode well. New Line Cinema presents Allegorama. The four greatest turtles. Hey, all right. Eh? It's not just a job, it's an adventure. Ever to go down in history. It's just your ordinary uh, time travel equal mass displacement kind of thing. Kids. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Help, I'm a turtle and I can't get up. Oh, fuck me. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to this. This is, <laughs> you know, listeners, sometimes, yeah, I got nothing. I, I got nothing. I, I don't, don't want to watch this movie. We, we have to watch. Oh, God. So, interestingly, this, the 
name of this movie is just Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. There was a video game turtle called Turtles in Time. Oh, so yes. I'm so wondering this, if we've just conflated that over the years. But Yes, you're right. On IMDb, it is just... So the tagline on the poster... So it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. And then there's a tagline underneath it. The turtles are back, dot, 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 in time. So it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Do you want to make a guess at the IMDb rating for this movie? Uh, yeah, I see it, but I I, I think, uh, honestly, this is high. This is fucking high. 4.7. Take your uh, nostalgia glasses off, get fucking millennial, and realize this is garbage. However, we get Elias Coteus back. Oh, d- okay. All right. Well, we liked him, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's got Stuart Wilson. The villain from, if you look at his uh, IMDb picture, the villain from Mask of Zorro, which we mentioned in this movie, uh, and also it, the bad guy from Lethal Weapon 3. Wait, Ilias Codius uh, is not a top cast in IMDb. Are you sure he's in it? Oh, Casey. Oh, I'm sorry. He's the first one. Sorry. Skip don't, right look past at, him. don't look don't. at his picture. He doesn't look like he did in the first movie. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree, agree. And they put a terrible wig on him because he had started to go bald by this point oh, and just no. cut all his hair off like like he looks like here. And sure. there's a scene where he also looks like this. But there was someone else in here um, that was of note. Stuart Wilson, the bad guy yeah. in – he's the bad guy in Mask of Zorro. He's also the bad guy, Travis, in Lethal Weapon 3. He's yeah, the corrupt, that's what I, the corrupt that's cop. What I, yeah. Oh, uh, John Alward is also in this. John Alward, I don't know who that is. Oh, who just died? Oh, from ER. From ER and from Armageddon and from. Oh yeah. Just uh, it, truly a that guy actor. He died May sixteenth. Wow. God, he was so good on ER. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was seventy-five. Wow. All right. Uh, and okay. I, is this our? Is it? No, it's still. It's the same April from the first one. But Paige Turco, yeah. No, not okay. for the first one. The second one. It's not Judith Hogue. No. Right. Right. Hello, Judith. Uh, <laughs> um. Okay. So. Uh, uh, Todd, I don't want to. I don't want this season. I, sucks. This we've we have had some. We've had a tough run. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Casey, uh, if people have been listening to this episode and have <laughs> some they've thoughts made it about this far, <laughs> yeah, or they've got some thoughts about what's about to happen, what's the best way for them to find more information about what we do? Oh, you know, uh, if you want to contact me personally, that's going to be uh, Twitter, not Ryan Casey, Instagram, not dot Ryan Casey. Uh, and how about you, Todd? We'll do the yeah. podcast in a second. Sure. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, the handle at TMP in SYR. And what about the podcast? Oh, well, the podcast, you can, uh, TSPHC tweets. I don't have to tell you where that is. Uh, if you want to look at pictures of the beer that we select and the cool movie posters that I, uh, pull up for the movies, um, the spoiler, the one for this movie, is also the one who did the one for Wonder Woman 84, and I'm going to go to that well a bunch. The guy's really cool. <laughs> uh, Royalston is his uh, name, Royalston yeah. Designs. Um, nice. 
And so you can email us, though, at superpodherocast at gmail.com because... Only Cap writes letters. Tony. Music for the podcast comes to us from two places. Our theme song is Take a Chance by Kevin McLeod. Find his music at incompetech.com. Our beer music is Feather Duster by Shane Ivers. Find his music at silvermansound.com. So, Todd. Casey. That's it for Blade. Yeah. Now we got to talk about fucking turtles and time. Uh, I don't like any part of this. Okay. Oh, so. So, that'll do it for the Super Pod Hero Cast for this week. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan. For Casey Ryan, I'm Todd Panic. And I've been your moderator. Be heroic. Fucking turtles and time. God damn it. Colin just put up. I assume you all heard the Harrison Ford news, and I went, oh my God, he died. No, he's just going to be reportedly playing uh, Thunderbolt Ross okay. in the MCU. Got it. Yep. Which I had I'd heard that rumor. But don't start it with, I've, I, I'm like, oh no, he died. Yeah. Yeah. Where'd you go? Calvin Klein. <laughs> he went that way. I think he took that guy's wallet. <laughs> I think he took that guy's wallet.